Okay, the next question there. All right, that's why it says it's trying to search the scriptures on God, for God's thoughts on a subject. Can I simply consult a Bible concordance? All right, read scriptures that relate to the subject, then hold on to one that resonates with me, if any. For example, in praying for healing for a broken hand, I search for scriptures on healing, broken, break, hand. All right, and then the second question is, after believing God for a thing, and then the manifestation shows up differently from what I asked for. Is there a way to find out if there was something wrong with the request, the prayer, desire, or is it usually a matter of God in his sovereignty giving me what is best for me? E.g., I want to study in a particular school, but didn't get admitted, but instead gained admission into another good school. Now, something just dropped in my heart. Let me say this. As much as we teach faith and prayer, most of the things that God will do in your life are not things that you deliberately believed him to do, but things that you opened up your life for him to be able to do. You, are you following what I'm saying? Okay. So the things that he will do are not things you deliberately believed him to do, but things that you opened up your life for him to do. When I say opened up your life there, I mean, and I want to say something here, all right, faith is not just me saying I want to receive something specific from God. Faith is about obeying God. For example, when the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with thee, it means that there's some wellness that comes with you honoring your father and your mother. So you do that, and certain things come into your life. Now, they came as a result of you obeying God, but not that you specifically believed God, all right, for those things, all right? In other words, a person is walking in a particular place, right? The Bible says, he that is faithful in the things of another man and is faithful in the unrighteous mammon, God will give him, all right, true riches and his own thing. So he's there and he's, he's loyal, he's faithful, He's a prayerful person and knows that something lies in his future and God honors that man's faithfulness. And what happens is, while he's on duty, I mean, David did not believe God for there to be a Goliath so that he could become the chief of army staff. He didn't do that. But it was the life of obedience of David, which is faith in itself, and the highest expression of faith that opened up the opportunity, all right, for, all right, David to enter into what he entered into. Even the simple thing as his parents or his father saying, take this food and go and give your brothers in the forefront, forefront that act in itself was obedient to a spiritual law. So there are many things that will come into your life 
that you did not specifically, deliberately believe for, but because you fulfilled without you even knowing the demands in the realm of the Spirit for such a thing to come into your life simply because you are obeying the Word of God and the things the Holy Spirit taught you, you created that space and something happened. All right? I mean, I've said this before. There was a chap that used to come to this church and he resigned from his job because he believed he was going to start a factory where they would make nails. But then he came and I was teaching that day, a small church then, and I was teaching on offenses. And I talked about the fact that you go out with joy and you are led forth in peace. That anytime you leave a place, you shouldn't leave offended, you should have joy inside your heart, which means that you shouldn't be angry. So, and I thought about, I gave an example of somebody, and he had submitted his resignation letter to go and start his business. And he felt that the reason why he actually resigned was that there was a promotion exercise, and he wasn't promoted, and he got angry, and out of offense, he decided he was going to do that. Now, the Bible says, many shall be offended, and false prophets shall arise. Now, if prophet is a seer, which means offense, and I taught that, leads to false vision, which means when you're offended there, you start seeing what you shouldn't see. So, I taught that, and he just, he didn't tell me what happened. He told me a year after, he said he realized that that decision was an offense, and he pulled back. I went back and told his boss, he said, I'm pulling my resignation letter back, all right, because they give you about six months, even when you leave, you can come back then. He was authorizing back then. He pulled his resignation and said he went back and started working. He said he got to a point where they, they now promoted him. He was good. He had no ill feeling towards it. He put in his resignation letter out of a good place in his heart and decided he was leaving. He said he was leaving to go and start that nail-making factory. All right? That's what he believed he was going to do. He was praying. He was fasting about that. He said... First morning, he left Friday. Monday morning, his boss calls him and says, well, a French company came here, an oil servicing company. They are coming into Nigeria, and they came to meet us in North Anderson, and they want us to do their tax stuff for them. We are expensive. I told them, you will not be able to pay, and they agreed. They, then I remembered you left this place, all right? You had put in your resignation, and then I remembered at the meeting, and I told them, that, wait a minute, there's a cheaper way you can do this and get the standard of this company. Somebody who will have led the team, he will have actually led the team, has just resigned. I will call him whether he can offer his personal services to you. He will do the same quality of work, but he doesn't have this name. And I said, will you take it? He said, yes. He took it, and he has never left tax consultation till today. And that nail factory never happened. So, the faith there was his obedience to say and to repent of the offense and to obey and humble himself to withdraw a letter of resignation, stay within that place. And I think I remember preaching then. Yes, I remember. And one thing I said in the message was that Hagar ran out prematurely from Sarah because she was angry at the treatment that Sarah was giving. And when she got into the wilderness, the angel appeared to her and said, go back, I remember I taught this, to Sarah, and submit yourself to her hand, 
And the angel said to her, because you are pregnant with child and there's a great nation within you. In other words, what you are carrying will be aborted here if you don't go back. So what happened was that he went back. And so what happened was that the person who midwifed the true vision was his boss. Do you get what I'm saying here? If he had gone out just angry and everything, then that, that, company, that company is still in existence till now. All right? He made so much money that he built an ex, an, a ward for a government hospital in this, in this city, built an entire ward for them. Right? All that would have been destroyed. In fact, somebody joined this church and told me one day after he had been here for two years, he walked up to me and said, excuse me. I said, yes. He said, do you know so and so? I said, yeah, I know him. He said, you know what? He said, he used to pastor the youth church when I was a young guy, and he always told us a story about somebody who saved his life. And he will talk to us about it. He never mentioned your name. He said, the first day I walked into Covenant and I heard you preach, I knew it was you. He said, so he came to me, Are you, do you know this guy? He said, yes. He said, I knew when you were preaching, you were the one who saved his life. Huh? So, it's, well, that, that, let me tell you, obedience, the Bible says, Jesus, the highest thing he did was obedience even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God hath highly exalted him, not because he was confessing, I'm going to be exalted. Do you get what we're saying here? But because he obeyed. So there are things that you will do that God will just trigger you to the next level because you obeyed what he said there. All right? So, I mean, somebody asked a question here. I don't know where we get to that and said, there are some things I pray for I don't get. He said, but there are some things that I don't pray for and I get. That is it that this God business, all right? Is it this God's business? And it's not this question. Is it this God's business? Is it that God does what he wants to do? And whether we pray or not, it doesn't really matter. I said, well, that's not the case. All right? It's just, people don't understand prayer. Prayer, I've said it here, is even more than just asking God for things. It's getting into that zone of communion where God can exchange thoughts with you. And I said to the person, I said, let me, let, me, let me say it this way to you, that what you said, you didn't pray about, but God did, right? And that there are some things you're praying about and God hasn't done. Now, what's going on? I said, it's because you are doing what is necessary to make those other things happen without you knowing, while what you are praying about, you haven't understood that what the answer to the prayer is that God will show you what to do, you do it, and that particular thing happens. I said, for example, a young reckless man says he's in school, is reckless. He says, well, I'm not ready, I don't want to get married, but he's going around, all right, doing what you shouldn't do with young ladies. Then after he does it, at night, he says, Father, in the name of Jesus, let no child come. Let no child come. Listen. He, he has done what should make a child come. Prayer cannot reverse that. Do you get what I'm saying? In the same way, some people are praying, let it come. Let, I mean, anything else. you're praying that, and, and you're not doing what you're supposed to do to make it happen. Right? So if you do what will compel something to happen without you knowing, it's just like you jumping from a building. You say, I didn't know that I will land. I didn't know. All right, if I knew, I wouldn't have done it. You will land. And that's the way you're going to discover, all right? You will learn. You can't say, I didn't know. So what happens is that people actually stumble on spiritual principles that they don't know about, and they do things. Are you following what I'm saying here? Yeah? 
So what might happen is you might just look at somebody and you, you heard maybe you are even just on social media and you, you saw people that had needs, maybe you heard something, or something happened and you went somewhere and you helped the people. And after you help the people, you just help them and that's just you. It's not, you don't just help them. You just help them out of your Christian character and you left. And then the people went and made pronouncements over your life. Are, are you following what I'm saying? And made pronouncements over your life. So, if I get into any situation and somebody comes and helps me, I say, but I didn't pray about this, but it can be the pronouncement of somebody you helped. Do you get what I'm saying here? That is compelling. So, you obeyed God to do certain things, and you just obeyed him and did it, and then the people make pronouncements, right, over your life that is producing things, while you might be believing God for something, but you haven't opened up yourself to find out, which is what we said, to every seed he gives it a body, which means you haven't found out what is the actual seed to make that particular thing happen, which means what is it that I do on the earth that will cause this particular thing to happen. So what God wants to do is that, this is what he's trying to do in prayer, get in that place of communion, I will show you the activities that you need to carry out to cause that particular thing, all right, to happen, all right, right in your life. Now, from what this person said here, I'll close with that, all right, you know, so I would suggest to this person that you should leave it because, because just listening to it, now you might, the person might change it, but listening to it, from what that person said, the person, the promise God gave the person, the person couldn't have named the school from that promise, from what this person has said. They could, have, they could have seen that it would be a good school. They could have seen that it would be perfect, acceptable, and good. But I don't think they could just have called, all right, that particular name. So I don't think, but I'm just saying this here, all right, but he didn't get a, but instead, get an into another good school. I, I, I think if, if this that's the case there, then you should know, all right, that God is at work. All right, one more question here. Okay, just take one. All right. Um, this person says, can you please clarify how we're supposed to testify and give thanks following manifestation of answered prayers? Beyond sharing with family and those in our immediate circles and our cell group, are we expected to share with the brother church? If so, how do we do this effectively? Well, what I can say the Bible says is that you should tell of God's goodness and before the congregation speak of his faithfulness. All right? Now, if you have told, all right, please go back to the other one before you do it. Now, if you have told your family, now I'm being sensitive now, your immediate circles and your cell group, and you are still saying that we expected to share with the brother church, it sounds like there's still some restiveness inside your spirit that you still feel that um, you do that. Now, now, you testify to encourage. Now, please don't testify if you haven't gotten a full manifestation. Please do not. Don't testify when it is in the process. It is dangerous spiritually to testify when it's in the process and you don't have a full manifestation. You thank God for that, but you don't come out publicly. I mean, you simply wouldn't do that. That's not, that's not spiritual. In fact, it's dangerous. Okay? Now, but you have a full manifestation. Now, the purpose for you doing that, and let me be frank. I, as pastor, have taught things. People have practiced things 
they have testified of the results. And I have found myself in situations that were similar to those people, and I drew the inspiration of what to do from the testimony they gave from what I taught. Are you following what I'm saying? I drew the inspiration from the testimony of what I taught. All right, like a lady, all right, who I've said this before, who had testified of how she needed 25, I mean, that's remarkable. She needed $25,000, all right. She was at the University of Chicago. She had no money. They told her, you've got to leave the school and come back to Nigeria. And they told her on Tuesday, and she said, they told her, you have until Friday, or you bought the flight Friday night to Nigeria. And she said, she just kept confessing the word of God. And that's why I said confession leads to something. Kept confessing, com confessing. And she was walking in the Chicago snow, confessing, 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 all right, that God, praying and confessing. And she said, I remember the message that you preached. She said, I was thinking about the message, and then I looked up. And she said, I saw an elderly woman who was, later on she found she was 92, and she was struggling in the snow to get to where she was going. I said, something struck me, that that's the point of contact for your miracle. She said she crossed, helped the woman. She said she was going to the supermarket, took her to the supermarket. The woman was suffering from some dementia. So what happened was she will, they would be about to pay. Then the woman would say, oh, I remember. Is, is this here? No, let's go and get that. Said she followed her back and forth. She did that almost six times. But she, it was like she was holding to a miracle that whatever happens, I will help you, <laughs> all right? That God has shown me something, even if you say, I'm going to help you. She said she went back and forth. Finally, she finished, took the woman home. She said, and the woman turned to her and said to her, I hope you don't mind. I'm a Christian. Said the woman knew she was a Christian. And said, I think I should pray for you. And she knew that this was bullseye, home run. And the woman prayed for her. She said that happened on, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday. That Thursday morning, she got a call from the student affairs officer, and he came in and said, something just happened right now. I said, what? She said, he said, somebody who normally gives grants to this university called in this morning and said he just got some amount of money from his business and decided to give a grant again to any needy student all right, and said he was given $25,000. Now, and she, he told her, he said, what we are to do is to distribute this evenly to everybody. But I also just thought about it, and I decided that I will give you all the money. On one condition, she said what? Don't ever tell any student all the grant was given to you. So that's how in 48 hours, it was paid. Now, I've been in situations where, all right, where I think about that testimony and it triggers something on the inside of me. And I draw the inspiration from that. So the purpose, right, particularly if what you are doing or what happened is powerful and remarkable. The purpose of saying it, all right, in the public space and testifying of God's faithfulness and God's righteousness is that it does help, all right, some people, okay, it does really help, all right, people, 
um, to be encouraged. Because particularly if you're in, if you're in a church, uh, um, what enters a body spreads around that body. So something enters in and somebody testifies of that and it enlightens people, it encourages people, it can drop into the spirits of people. The very thing they need to do, all right, God can use it, all right, to bring about that within their lives there. All right. Uh, I think we've taken enough questions for now. We've come to the end. I hope you were blessed by some of the thoughts that we shared. All right? But I, I just, let me just say this here, and this is a very important principle here. Um, I'm, this is not, I'm not copying out of anything, but Paul taught, we have no dominion over your faith, we are helpers of your joy. No human being can tell you in, with final or, or absolute authority, rather, why the answer to your prayer may be delayed or something. Nobody can say it except they are operated by the word of wisdom and word of knowledge. So what we did there is to help joy. We have no dominion over your faith. Now, but what you have to understand is that if you believe in God for something and you come up against obstacles, and you, you, now this is not working the way I saw it, right? It, it's your risk. Look, God doesn't talk. God is, an, is, is not like us. He's unusual. God doesn't talk if you don't ask him. He, he just wouldn't say it. And if you ask him, you have to ask him further questions for clarity. So you, if, you, if you ask, I mean, the way God is, if you ask him, all right, if you are going from here to Ikeja, and you ask God, God knows you are going to Ikeja, and you ask him, um, what do I do to get to the mainland? He will tell you how to get to the mainland, not Ikeja. He won't tell you until you ask him, but God, you know it's Ikeja, but you didn't say that. If you study God, that's the way he is. So if you get to any point, you've got to ask him, all right? And if you are stuck, ask him. And the greatest discoveries you'll make in your life come from that point. So, so when they tried to cast out the devil and the devil couldn't come out, they didn't suppress it. And this is what happens sometimes, we suppress these things. When we suppress it, it's inside us. We can't get out of it. We can't get rid of it. It's inside. So go to him and tell God, you have to answer me on this issue here. What is going on? So they asked Jesus, why could we not cast him out? And you know that Jesus told them in those words what he probably never taught explicitly like that, but said, this one you are talking about cometh not except by prayer and fasting, which is now used wide scale in the body of Christ, to develop more spiritual power to deal with higher things. And it came as a result of the question. So if you don't ask questions, you are not going to get answers. And it's only God that can give you, all right, a direct answer there. Okay? So in Isaiah 58, they, they fasted and said, they went to me, God, wherefore have we fasted and you did not hear us? How come we cried unto you and nothing happened? And then God said, because in the day of your fast and God began to narrate certain things, all right, that they were doing that were wrong. So it's important that you get to any space, right, and you don't get a result. Talk to God, all right, about it. There, there was once a man, Keith Moore, he, I mean, he has a church now, but he was dean of Rema Bible School, and he said he believed God for something, and it didn't work, supposedly. And then one day he was sitting down, and Reverend Hagin was preaching, and Reverend Hagin said, these are the steps I took, and he said the same thing. And it worked for him. So he went to meet God. God, how come Reverend Hagen did it? It worked for him. I did it and it didn't work. He said, God showed him something. He said, look at what he said. Look at what you said. One spot. So he said, so what do I do? 
Then God opens his eyes and said something. He said, you know what? He said, look outside. Can you see that fruit tree? He said, yes. Now an apple seed will produce an apple tree. Will produce an apple tree and apple fruit. And then he said, if you don't take the fruit when it's ripe, the fruit drops to the ground, all right? It gets corrupt and drops to the ground and gets spoiled. He said, I get it. He said, because it's a corruptible seed. He said, yes. He said, now, what you used to believe me is my word, an incorruptible seed. He said, yes. He said, so the fruit is incorruptible. What you believed for five years ago that you did not get, is still hanging on that tree. Go back and take it. He said he went back to the very spot where he gave up and started thanking God. And within six weeks, he got it. All right? Now, that opened, that conversation now showed me something in the Word of God. If I was reading and reading and reading and reading and reading and reading and reading, I would never have said it. So you get to this point where you have these, all right, blocks here. Go to God in prayer and ask Him to show you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you uh, for this time. I ask by the power of the Spirit that you cause all this truth to be established within our hearts and you expand it within our consciousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching today's program. To listen to the full message or any other messages, please visit www.elibrary.insightsforliving.org And to find out more about Covenant Christian Center, visit www.insightsforliving.org Or download the C3 Live app on Android and iOS. God bless you.